Hello and welcome back to The Drunken Transfer. It's episode 12. We're going to be talking about <laughs> game week 11 and everything that went right in game week 10, actually. It was it was a surprisingly good week for both myself, Finn, and my co-host, the Berkshire boy, making all the noise everywhere he goes. Oh, grumbling noises. Well, he's grum grumbling this week more because the, 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 all the Roll the Spice ranking No, grumbling because before, before you hit... Well, that too. I'm not going to forgive you for showing me up in a public place as well. Well, on the, on the, the deep dark interwebs. interwebs. Um, I had a pre-pod moan about killing Mbappe. I should have recorded it, really. Oh, Jesus. He um, he grinds my gears, he gets my go. But no, you said it was a good week. It was a good week, but tempered by the fact that everyone else seemed to have a good week. Basically, if you knew what you were doing in fantasy football this week, you couldn't really go wrong because we have quite different midfield picks and we mm. scored almost exactly the same. In fact, the only thing separating us in terms of the points this week, Finnegas, fine goose, <laughs> was um, an Andreas Pereira super sub. Yeah, well, that, that, that's true. And, you know, you, from, from your perspective, uh, you went into the game week slightly perturbed. Obviously, on the three o'clock games, you saw that your transfer in, who was oh, Rhys James. Jesus, if, if you could post it, I'll tell you what, when, you, when you're done posting Excel spreadsheets, on Twitter, you can post a screenshot of um, the messages that I sent to you after you told me that Reese James was benched because I was not a happy bunny. You were livid, mate. So you, you, you brought in Reese James for even Perisic, and then again, let's talk about Chelsea in a bit. But you know, Graham Potter um, had the fruitiest lineup selection in the world. Uh, so no Reese James, and uh, you of course had Mitrovic and Bailey. Well, both of which were on fifty percent injury and didn't come in. However, the replacement, Andres Pereira. Scored nicely. Because oh, I mean, put yourself in my shoes. It's it's the yin and yang of fancy football, isn't it? Because I went into the game week, had two of my players on orange flags, mm. and the transfer I made wasn't to address either of those because I had faith that Mitrovic might have been fit because it was a Sunday game and bloody Marco Silva is always so fucking coy, coy about he whether he's going to be available or not. Like he literally contradicted himself like twice within the space of ten seconds in his pre-match presser. Bailey was one that snuck up on me. Bailey's just he's he's cursed for me. Started the season then was rubbish. Ended up looking like a bit of a bargain enabler pick, you know, when I didn't have him in my team. And now he's back. He's he's shy to get. Not done anything. Uh, but um, yeah, the transfer I made with my leftover funds from the week before, I made the Perisic to James switch quite early, whilst I could still afford the move. Because sure. Yeah. After James's midweek performance in the Champions League, when he scored and assisted and kept a clean sheet. He shot up in price. So, glad I've got him in for the weeks ahead, or am I? Because Potter is quickly turning into the bold fraud that is Pep Guardiola <laughs> and just benching people willy-nilly. But I'm hoping he starts in the game weeks to come. And, um, yeah, no, I was thinking, God, well, it, I could end up with with only nine playing players here. If, if Bailey doesn't start and Mitrovic doesn't start and James doesn't get off the bench, I've only got Pereira to come on, and, and thank God he did, but... Oh, it was a it was a roller coaster of a game week, and I'm glad I finished as well as I did. But like I said, everyone else seems to have had a good week too. So yeah, you were 76 points all out, which is very decent considering your injury issues and the fact that you then only ended up having 10 players played. I had 69 points, so you beat me by seven, yeah. uh, and that was with me having a full playing side. Uh, Cut into your lead a bit. I mean, last time we sat down to record, you had a 30-point cushion, and now I'm just... 26 points, though. This is what I mean when I was saying to you earlier on that it felt like game week 10 was pretty uneventful to me, because your ranked game was nice. It was a decent green arrow. You're up from 550 to 368. Again, it was like one of those ones where, you know, you'll be happy with it, but it's not like the stellar week. No, it's... It's a good sort of kind of like chip away. And for me, 59k down to 68k. So, again, like, it's not really much... Anyone that's in the top 100k at the moment, you can be very, very pleased with yourselves. I'm talking to you, Finn. As good a week as I had, and I was impressed I managed to get to 76 points, considering my injury issues and also the fact that Haaland didn't score a hat-trick. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it's it, every time that the likes of Madison, Zahar, Gabriel Jesus... Harry Kane were playing. I was hiding behind the sofa because well, they are and, players and, that really would get. And, and actually, they didn't. They didn't. You know, they didn't really turn up. This well, no, week. I, I, mean, I dodged a bullet with Madison in particular because last 
episode, I was saying how I wasn't in an immediate rush to get him in for this week. Yeah. And the minute I saw the James news about how he's on the bench, I thought, fuck, I should have got you him in. You gone Madison, yeah, completely. Well, because you were saying to me beforehand that you had considered, again, I think there's something that was after podcast yeah. recording, that you considered taking Son and Bailey out for Madison and Zaha for and a minus four. four. And actually, that would have given you a worse points total overall, despite the fact that Bailey didn't play, because obviously some of the six-pointer and, and, and Zaha... And as well, I think it would have been too reactionary. I didn't want to have to take two hits in the space of two games, which yeah. is not really the sort of manager I am. When I do take a hit, it's not you know, it's, it's not something I want to make a habit. I think being conservative in, in that... Um, despite the fact that I was actually advising you to get Son out last week, I think being conservative in that regard was really helpful for you. And I think that's what you're quite good at, is you're quite good at actually, you know, sort of kind of like being cautious and kind of going, hang on, let's, let's you know, the chips are a little down right now, but that I have faith in my players to turn up. He's calling me boring, folks. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> He is. That's, that's what he's doing. No, Conservative like, with a lowercase but, c. But, my, but I guess my point is with someone like Son, who I said get out, you know, actually he played really well against Yeah, Martin. and he's ticking on and also you know, it's jammy because if you saw the goal, he took a shot and all Kane really did was just sort of well, like bonk could, into you it. You could argue put the ball into a good Oh, no, I haven't. So uh, midfielders won the day for you, really, because you had Andreas, uh, De Bruyne and Son. Uh, I had Zaha, Madison, Harrison. Uh, Andreas obviously got himself a goal. De Bruyne and Son assist and clean sheet bonuses. Three sixes. And then for me, I just had an assist from Zaha for a, for a five. And then a two for Madison and uh, uh, and um, two for Harrison. So, you know. Uh, in terms of the picks that we both had... Uh, you know, Cancelo, obviously such a popular pick, 18-pointer, mm. um, and Martinelli, a massively popular pick, and I think it was a 12-pointer all out from him in the end. So I think if you if you had that template team this week, you've done well. What, it, what, you know, if you didn't have them, then you, you're in big trouble. But realistically, most people were playing Cancelo, most people were playing Martinelli, and most people had Corland captain who, you know, 12 points, it's fine. You said that most people have Cancelo. Uh, yeah. If we're going on to tank your rank, uh, there is one person in particular who who didn't have Cancelo, and we don't like to name names on the Drunken Transfer podcast, Re-effect but we names. have had... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rio. We're a glass of wine down. Yeah. Holly Shand will be disappointed. Yes, because it's time to tank your rank. Right, come on, spill the juicy goss. Right, what so happened th- th- This was easily always going to be my tank your rank um, this week, because I was looking looking at um, Holly Shan's uh, advice quite closely, actually, this week. Um, she's great. She's Shout been, out to Holly. Yeah, she's the Fantasy Premier League um, sort of correspondent person for The Athletic. Uh, and Jacob, you mentioned yeah. uh, a little bit of her advice last week. Not in something that you were advocating for, just as it was something that she No, was, it wasn't my fault, everyone. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was just something that she said she was suggesting, and that was, um, with regards to Manchester City, potentially getting out Jao Cancelo for a third Manchester City attacking asset. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I guess looking on, on the face of it, you know, how after Phil Foden scored a hat-trick against Man United, maybe not too bad an advice. And Holly Chand got Phil Foden in and he got her a very respectable 11 points. Mm. However, for anyone who has taken that advice and has got Cancelo out, he, of course, usurped that massively with 18 points. So you'd have been seven points down on that. Yeah. For a move that you didn't have to make. For a move you really didn't have to and make. This is the thing with Cancelo is that like he's, he's a mainstay for me because he's always got one of these games in him, hasn't he? Always. Yeah, completely. I, I really don't think it's wise getting rid of Cancelo. For me, it's got to be Cancelo, Holland, and then a Manchester City midfielder because he just ticks along. He really he's, does. He's um, and also I know that now that Walker's out, I don't actually know because I'm a philistine mm. i didn't know where cancello started whether it was on the left or he the right he was playing left back it was manuela kanji who played right Good back on, her replacement for cancello uh she decided to go for the chelsea double up defense against wolves wise they kept a clean sheet mm. however she brought in tiago silva oh. who wasn't even involved in the squad alongside Reese James, so she got a combined one point oh, from that Chelsea. A new fancy fraud is born. Like as Potter progresses into the salty sea dog that he was always meant <laughs> to be, he looks like he should be flogging fish fingers with his well, beard and his uh, like. It was a crazy lineup, wasn't it? I mean, oh, it was just they mad. They still won three now. They did, but it does make you question Chelsea assets getting in. Um, Holly Shand, like yourself, Jacob, also kept the faith with Mitrovic. Started him, mm. of course, didn't play at all. He wasn't in the squad, um, so she had to rely on her two bench options. First two off the bench. Of course, she had Andres Pereira. We all have Andres Pereira. She had him third on her bench. So unlike you, who gained a lovely six points, she had to pick up points with Emerson Palmieri. Didn't start. Cresswell was the left back. 
and Nico Williams didn't start. So Ajoria was the right back. So two points there, 53 points all out. Just basically every Rough. decision yeah. that had to be made, every tough decision backfired, went wrong. And that's how you tank your rank, college. It's hand. like that sideshow Bob clip from The Simpsons where he's walking around standing on rakes and constantly getting <laughs> clonked in the face. Um, for me, if you, were, if you were conservative with a lowercase c and you went for the slightly more sideways, less exciting transfer this week, you were probably better off. Yeah, I agree. Should we, should we start? Should we go on to fixtures? Let's do it. Okay, so we start off uh, on Friday. It's uh, Brentford versus Brighton. Battle of the Bees. Battle of the Bees. Against the Seagulls. Brentford haven't won in five since thrashing <sighs> Really? Leeds. Yeah, they thrashed Leeds 5-2 uh, and they haven't won since. Nicely coinciding with me getting Ivan, Ivan Tony, Tony went well, team as well. Likewise, you know, both got him in the same week. I, I kept the faith with Tony this week. And I think you, you probably remember me saying last week that I was considering benching him, starting Trent, benching Trent, starting Tony. I went and started Tony and benched Trent. And it was that was the right mm. decision because Trent, you know, crocked at half-time. Having conceded. Yeah. yeah, it's indeed, yeah. With another zero-pointer. Two... two you complete blanks in, in, in two weeks and now he's going to be gone for the next two to three yeah. weeks. So food for thought for my team. But, uh, you know, on, on the on the Brentford side of things, uh, you know, they, they don't look particularly potent in attack at the moment. And I think the attraction of keeping Tony is in is the free kicks and yeah. the penalties. But I think this Brighton side under De Serbi, they don't look like they've diminished in quality no. really since Potter. And I think, you know, I think they're doing a lot of the same stuff. So I, I, I can't really see... That no winning five changing. I mean, typically, my uh, one of my first role the spies picks of the season actually got an assist this week for Brentford in the form of Aaron Hickey. Do you reckon this is the second season blip for Brentford? Maybe, maybe. I think um, I do think Frank will sort it out. I think you know. Oh, my, oh mate, Frank. Oh mate, Frank. <laughs> Fuck. I think Frank, Frank the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you hate Thomas Frank. No pleasure. reason. Gives me great pleasure to see him struggling. Someone who it did not give me pleasure to see struggling at all Ooh. was Enoch and Wepu. Very, very yeah, sad. Awful. I mean, he has tweeted today that it's not over. Yeah. I um, mean, I, I would be very, very surprised having been the captain of his country and such a popular figure at the Amex. I'd be yeah. very surprised if he doesn't get some sort of role there. If, if not immediately in the long run, yeah. because I was reading on The Athletic today, he's lovely fella. Lovely fella and a brilliant footballer. I mean... I just realised, sorry, for those who haven't heard, Enoch Mwepu has yes. been forced to retire at the age of 24 because of a hereditary heart condition. Yeah, very rare. Yeah. And uh, there was an ac accentuated risk of him having a, a fatal cardiac event if he'd carried on playing. It's very, very sad to think that only 24 had a... You know, had been putting in excellent performances. I mean, that's you know incidental. I mean, he's, it's it was very sad. I was going through his stats today, and he got his final assist ever in that um, five-two win that they had against. Uh, yeah, against and he was excellent. In that and match. who would have thought? You know, when he came off the pitch, then that he was. You know, it, it, that was you know last orders for him. I I thought Brighton were unfortunate not to get anything again in that Tottenham game. I thought they were really good. Um it was just sort of a case of it was one of those games where the ball wouldn't go into the back yeah. of the net. Um and I do think they still look quite tight defensively as well. Uh and against a blunt Brentford this week and then a blunt Nottingham Forest next week, you'd yeah. say that they'd be not only good value for a clean sheet but also for a few goals. So I think backing Brighton assets um looking forward over these next two weeks could be the way to go, even though it's City come game week 13. Well, that's it. I mean, I know it's early doors so far for, for Deserby, but I've been really yeah, impressed me too. by the, the sort of continuation in quality, you know, between, I mean, between managers. Let's yeah. not forget Liverpool and Tottenham that they've played yeah. so far. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they'll be a bit disappointed to have only taken one point away from those games, but the performances have been fab. Yeah, completely. And, and you know, talking of Mwepe, um his uh, Zambian compatriot, Patson yeah. Dacker left him yeah. a, a lovely um, note on Twitter today, but he's facing off this week against Crystal Palace yeah. on the Saturday at twelve thirty. Early kickoff. They say never back the early kickoff. Is there anyone here that you would back in the early? Kickoff? Well, I mean, of course, I am going to be backing James Madison, and I am going to be backing Wilfred Zaha. They're both in my team, yeah. um, and you know, I, I've, I've, I hope that they they turn up. I'd actually probably strangely at the moment be more likely to back Zaha um, despite the fact that Madison's been brilliant I mean that performance that they turned in against Bournemouth was shocking mainly for that second half of the second half where I think they took a couple of players off Daka one of them on the 67th minute and they went and conceded two goals in five minutes and Bournemouth just looked like they wanted it 
more. And I, it's it's strange to see Leicester without any fight at the moment, but that's what it looks like. You know, you look at their midfield, you look at people like Ndidi or Tielemans, you look at someone like Johnny Evans at the back who's been there for so long, oh, and you think they're, that they are, they are underpinned by having fight, but it, it, it's, And also their recruitment, so Finn. I mean, this wow fires bloke <laughs> at the back... Calamitous. Awful. He, he, he was he was poor, but Dewsbury Hall was the one who was really at fault for that first goal. But but he he was you are right. He was bullied by Dominic yeah. Solanke. Um, you know, yeah. prior to that that equaliser going in, I don't know. I, I I think it's strange with Leicester. You felt that coming out of that Nottingham Forest game with that four 0 win, Madison, you know, giving himself a couple, Daka scoring as well. That's just gone. That that mm. good feeling is diminished. Yeah. Um, and the you know the bottom of the league again because Forest got a point against Villa. You know, I said last week. I think I, I I thought that they would be the team out of the ones down there at the moment to manage to drag themselves out of it. Yeah, I, I assumed know. they were going to build off of that Forest game. They're but a that team Bournemouth that game is like they yeah. need a new manager bounce. Finn, that that Bournemouth game has made me question it. I, I you know I think you could be right. Yeah. Palace yeah. by contrast. Palace. Well, here's the thing. A, a nominee for my role the spice pick this week, spoilers that didn't make it was Ebrichi Etze, and, and with good reason. I, I, he was brilliant against Leeds. Yeah, these these look really good and and finally sort of fulfilling on that that promise I expected from him. Um, Michael Elise obviously started against Leeds as well. Well, this is what I was going to say because I think it was Elise's first start in a while, um, and it was interesting because you know Zahar I actually thought didn't look too bad, but Leeds really aggressively tried to mark him out of the game. The issue was is that I think they were probably the first side in quite a while to face that Zaha Elise Etse partnership, yeah. and that's something that Palace fans have been calling for for a long time, and actually having focused focused all of their attention on Zaha. Elise and Etsy were so good. Mm. I mean, they, they they were so creative. They were so lively. Now is the time for those three to start starting together. Now's the time to actually get mm. Elise into the team because his distribution was fantastic. And he actually looked like he was tracking back. That's what Vieira... That which is been... something I never saw from yeah. him in, in about three seasons at Reading. Well, and this is what Vieira seems to have an issue with him, right? He seems to say that Elise doesn't do the defensive work. There's a couple of times where I noticed he was really tenacious and he actually got back and, mm. and made some tackles against those Leeds front players. So I think that... It could be a really, really promising. What's happened to him? He's got a blow to the head or something. Well, I don't know. I don't want to check on old but, Michael. You know, it was your, he was your. Um, you know, I know you said at the time. Well, it's probably the Reading sort of bias coming yeah. in, but it was your surprise package of the well, season. Well, you've still got time. You've still got time. But this time, is, it. I think, this is. If it, you know, they've got such a favourable run of the fixtures. Mm. Now's the time for him to come good, and I think against a leaky Leicester defence. Those three Palace forwards and it, put Edouard in that mix actually as well because mm. he was really strong against um, Leeds. They could have a field day. Yeah. I think it could be a really high scoring one. Leicester I mean, Palace. I think it'd be a good game. We talked about the attacking assets for, for Palace. I am quietly confident still with having Guaita in between the sticks for me and my team because with his three points last week, he got a save point at the death. Thank God. He's <laughs> almost paid for his minus four hit that got him into our team in the first place now. But uh, now hopefully with those uh, those green fixtures got coming up. You know, uh, I think that you'll be it's more because you'll be aided by Anderson being back from injury he was brilliant against Leeds he yeah. was so imperious at the back um, and you know there was a few times where Leeds got the ball into really dangerous positions and he cut it out last minute this is so. blasphemous you know, as a Reading fan through and through, and you know, we're not like to, we're not meant to like the teams around us geographically. <laughs> I really like this Palace side. I really do. They're, they're a team that I want to see do well, not just because I predicted them to come seventh this season. Yikes! <laughs> um, shall we very quickly move on to Fulham, Bournemouth? Fulham, obviously hilarious from your perspective last time out. Mitrovic didn't play. Pereira came in, got mm. himself his goal, but then managed to. I mean, did you see the penalty incident against West Ham? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, he was he was given so many warnings. Are you tempted to start Pereira again? Bournemouth. For, yes, I, he's currently in my lineup. Me um, too. Yeah, he's currently in my lineup um, purely because actually I've still got Leon Bailey on an injured flag and he's playing Chelsea. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's just not something that is appetising to me at all having to play Bailey in that one. However, the interesting thing for me in, in the build up to Fulham's last game was the way that, oh, well, if, if Mitrovic doesn't play, then it really, you know, takes away a lot of the appeal of Pereira. I did, well, it didn't. You know, and for me, I mean, I think Pereira is doing everything I wanted a four point five million pound asset to do. Completely, for me. unless anything drastically changes, he's a season keeper for me because in that first sub spot on my bench, you know that I don't like to have a stack bench. Generally. No, he does everything I need him to do, even if that means coming in for like a two or one point or anything else as a bonus. And he really, really did give me that little injection of oomph into my well, game. We won the week this last week. week. Absolutely. So uh, thank Between you, us. Andreas. Let, let me go on record and say thank you, Andreas Pereira. Bournemouth 
They're oh. picking up points. Bournemouth are my most frustrating team, maybe not ever, but certainly this season, because oh, they are picking up points. And we spent a good 20 minutes last episode going off about fucking Dominic Solanke, if you're on a wild yeah. card. Two assists. He outperformed the likes of... Shit, who have I got? Who have I got in up top? He outperformed Tony. He outperformed Jesus. He did. Yeah. He outperformed. Oh, the the list goes <sighs> on. Um, Named two strikers. Mitrovic. Yep. Yeah, he's it's very frustrating because all the smart Alex and all the clever clogs who got him in on their wild card so they could redistribute the funds in the midfield rather wanky nonsense that they were preaching. Yeah, it's I mean, come off for them and it's it's annoying. They've got a favourite run of fixtures still to come I mean I, I don't know would I know I, I realise that your answer is going to be no because you're stubborn but would you consider any Bournemouth players no. as differentials moving forward no because you're stubborn yes okay but I'm saying that on the uh, FPL website today they were actually uh, you know they always do they're like oh here's a differential that you can get in your team this week it's yeah. basically a poor man's roll the spice However, <laughs> um, they were singing the praises of bloody hell. Who was it? Ryan Christie. Yeah, I, R- Ryan Christie is. Um, well, he's probably end up being relegated to my third choice now. But he was a he was a contender for my role as <sighs> pick this week. I, I hadn't seen that on the website, but he he was he's been really quite great the last yeah. few games. Whenever a team changes manager, usually like nine times out of ten, it's like they swallow a Super Mario invincibility star, <laughs> and they have that brief like maybe three game period where they just bulldoze and like pick up points and everyone's like oh well you know maybe they're not as shit as we thought that no they are shit and they are still going down but for the time being I wouldn't be like so certain I mean I, I, I think that it's, it's probably I think that it would be doing them an injustice to say that they are guaranteed to go down as we have been but, saying uh, but I'm part. enjoying saying it <laughs> you cannot take that away from me no, exactly. I'm equally going to revel in the misery of Wolves who are still still on a measly paltry three goals for the season as we approach the 12th game week and they're up against a forest side that are meh they've just given uh cooper a bump a new deal i think from an fpl perspective the real interest here again um having touched on it earlier on in holly shan's team as an auto sub nico williams appears to have been usurped by serge Aurier in that right back position and so looking forward to game week 12 of which i am really doing at the moment with the arsenal city blank relying on nico williams yeah. for that game it could be a bit of a costly error it could be you're a player down one by one, all of the nice, nifty £4 million enabler defenders are being cruelly taken away from us because I've got a crock Nathan yeah. Hudson on my bench with his signal. You've got an unplaying Nico Williams. I haven't got him. You haven't got him no, in. No, no, no. I, I haven't got it. I, I know that brother Finn, silent yeah, partner, he, has. Yeah, maybe I was getting my Finns confused, not for the first <laughs> time. But yeah, it's and, and also Emerson, another £4 million pick, hasn't really nailed down a, a place in that West Ham team yet either. So got, what I'm trying to say is bring back the glory days of John Lundstrom. Uh, half five kickoff, Spurs Everton. Um, Spurs are looking strong. I'd expect them to win here. Uh, the interesting um, thing from a headline making perspective, Richarlison is mm. is back against his his former side. Spurs. The, I mean, Perisic is out for me now. I yeah. mean, I was quite. I felt. Um, kind of indicated, even though James only got one pointer for me this week, who was Perisic's replacement. Perisic didn't start the last game, which makes me kind of fearful that he is going to start this one and have a field day against Everton now. But that's such is yeah. life, you know. Sesson Young could be an interesting shout at some point. Yeah, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to sort of like press the Sesson Young button. Yeah. I've got a, a little thing in my brain, which is a little red button that's labelled Ryan Sesson Young, that I'm going to press at some point in the season. I don't know when it's going to be, mm-hmm. but I'm going to press it. It because uh, it, to me it's 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 nifty I like it Everton talk to me Finn because United just about got over the line with a win against them so I was working when the game was on but I, I was able to see a fair bit of it because we weren't too busy especially in that first half I thought they looked alright Everton I, I didn't think they looked too bad I've said it last week I think but I think Onana is a really good signing and I, I thought he was decent against us I, I don't know I think the, the, the interesting thing for Everton is moving forward are they an option defensively? Because 
you know, with the, with the joint best defensive record in the division, you know, you'd say, well, maybe you could have a look at a Mikalenko because if they are keeping a clean sheet, yeah. there is, you know, whilst they haven't been particularly prolific up front, there's a chance that you could get you a clean sheet and then mm. maybe something else for yeah. an attack. Which making it yeah. all the more annoying that I've got my injured Everton lad Nathan on Patterson, yeah. the bench. But, I mean, how long are we giving it until people um, go up the garden path and start talking about um, Iwobi being a potential... Never. <laughs> well, look, you say that, I Never. still don't rate him. But Everton fans and Tifo and the Athletic alike have all said, well, hang on a minute, he started the season quite well. And like you say, Everton aren't doing the goods up front. He's looking like the the, the better attacking asset in this Everton side. I don't know how is he's he? priced. Is he? Or, has he, or did he just score against United? Yeah, I don't he's know. been looking good. He's been looking productive. I don't know that he's looking brilliant in an attacking vein, though. I'd say he just scored at the weekend. Well, I'll tell you what, next week I will get on JJ Bull to explain to you how uh, <laughs> Alex Oye was actually looking all right. Villa Chelsea. Let's go Chelsea because we've been we've been skirting around the issue. They their lineup did throw us for a loop. Mm. Um, oh Potter, Potter, Potter! Why have you done it to us, man? Like we had we had enough on our plate when it came to team selection headaches with Pep Fraudiola. And now um, bloody Graham Potter's come along, he's potted along. and You can argue that Pep's selection actually has been quite rigid this year. Yeah, well, maybe the power has been passed down now. Maybe it's like there can, only, there can be only one. Yeah. Like, there can be only one afford <laughs> at any given time. And and it's uh, it's definitely it's Potter's time to shine in that regard. I mean, everyone got benched. Aubameyang got benched. James got benched. Sterling. Sterling got benched. Uh, I'm pleasingly for me because I've still got him down as my flop of the season. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's shaken my faith in um, Chelsea assets. Fortunately, I only own one of them. But I'm even thinking, oh gosh, is it? That, have I put the kiss of death on Reese James again? I thought Chelsea were really good against Wolves, and what I think is interesting is Potter appears to have applied his system that he had in place at Brighton at Chelsea incredibly quickly and incredibly effectively as well because you had Azpilicueta and Loftus-Cheek uh, sort of kind of transitioning in and out of that right wing back spot. Loftus-Cheek would transition into the central midfield then he'd move out wide and then whilst Azpilicueta moved back to centre back Mason Mount would come in towards central midfield and then he'd go out towards right forward and Havertz would move out left and Pulisic would come central and it's I mean I think Martin Keown talked a little bit about it on, on final score but it's it's such a confusing system to play against because mm. his players in that system are like ghosts. Yeah. You cannot keep a handle on any of them because they don't have fixed positions. Mm. They all change. It's malleable. And he does it with his subs in the second spooky, half as well. Spooky, ghosts. Yes, indeed. Spooky, spooky. Like Playing against the ghost team. Villa, on the other hand. Yeah. Gosh, I saw a tweet today. Um, Tim asked, uh, any examples of managers or head coaches who have completely transformed a Premier League club in a short period of time? <laughs> no, uh, Villa fan has responded saying, Gerard at Villa ripped up the culture put in place by Smith, tore up the transfer strategy to get overpaid older players in, evaporated the fans' bond with the club, shattered the players' confidence by telling the press that they're not good enough. An amazing transformation. And then he goes on to say that they're a game or two away from bedsheets and ugly scenes. They're calling Leon Bailey the new Charles and Zogbia. It's that <laughs> bad. I used to like Charles and Zogbia. <laughs> <laughs> he was good for Wigan. Yeah, but you got bloody Anderson on the back of your United shirt. Yeah, you but that, 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 that was 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were probably about 10 when Charles and Zogbier last played. I like Charles and Zogbier. I'm worried about Villa. They're one that I put way too high in my pre-season And Likewise, I think, as well. And it was against my better judgement as well, because I saw them against United in pre-season. I didn't think they looked that great. Um, The last thing I want to say on that Villa-Chelsea game is simply uh, moving forward for Chelsea. Um, Mm. Despite the fact they are rotation risks, I think that... In Potter's system, Chelsea are getting chances. Havertz, Mount, Aubameyang for game week 12 have to be options, especially if you're free hitting. Yeah. They, they might be a bit of a, a, a risk, but to be honest with you, if you've got a free hit, you could get a couple of them in, one starting, one on the bench. I, I think that it's um, they, they could be really dangerous uh, as an option in that week. Leeds uh, Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal annoyingly seem to be quite good. Arteta has gone from being... 
the sort of like tactical whipping boy of the league and people used to take the piss about how like oh look he's, he he doesn't know how to set up a team his, um, his players like cycle the ball around in a big old donut I have to be honest with you I think if you were saying that it was incredibly naive no, like, I, I think now being slightly revisionist I would say that what he was trying to put in place early doors was building the foundations for what they have now this is the point that's why it was that's why it wasn't like a tactical naivety I from his perspective look at Klopp's Liverpool know, look at Klopp's, Ferguson's Man United look, Klopp and Ferguson time. are better communicators in that they don't to the annoy. media perhaps no but I I think for me you don't like Arteta I don't that's like the Arteta issue. that is the issue here but it's, it's <laughs> but he's all of a sudden like got this annoyingly gutsy ballsy fire in the belly team of young players who are all incredibly mobile up top Martinelli is a player yeah. Jesus is a player Erdegaard just played a delicious ball into Martinelli for his opening goal against against Liverpool in the first minute and all of a sudden they look like a team I mean their weakest link at the back is Gabriel and even then Gabriel's not that bad no but my, my point Jacob is that they wouldn't be in this position if he hadn't been rigidly sticking with the philosophy that just, he believed in for the last couple of years he's got them to this point it's, he's, a, he's a good manager I can't 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 bear the thought of Mikel Arteta being a good manager, and more than that, I can't bear the. Yeah, but, the but for no of, reason, of, of Jacob. For no reason, you haven't. No, you... The reason being, it's causing me acute psychological damage. Only because then. you said he was bad. That's the only reason. I it's don't you, think they're going to win the league. It's because you got it wrong. I don't think they're going to win the league. They're not and gonna I'm gonna taking solace in that. No, um, they'll, they'll, but they, they'll def- they should be in the top three. If they're not oh, in the top three, yeah. it'll be, it'll be... I mean, they they look great. And like I've said to you, from a fantasy perspective, every time that Jesus plays now that he's out on my team, I yeah. really do wince. And, and more than that, I've still got Martinelli knowing that he's blanking game week 12. I can't get rid of him. I can't do it. Well, right, because so my, he, he, my... he looks like he's going to turn up in every game. He is... For his value, I mean, he's made a mockery of his price tag, to use that old cliche. Yeah. I'd but so, but from a from a strategical perspective, you're right. You can't get rid of Martinelli because if you've got those, if you've got, if you're looking at your Arsenal City assets and thinking I need to thin some of them out uh, for game week twelve, look at where the value lies. So, for, from my perspective right now, I've got Cancelo, Holland, Martinelli, Jesus. Mm. I want all of them come game week thirteen, so I'll probably transfer one of them back in for game week thirteen. And so, the person I get out for game week twelve has to be Jesus because. He for me sells for eight, and he buys for eight. Yeah. If I sell Martinelli at six point three, I have to buy him back for six point six. So you're losing point three for no reason. So you have to keep Martinelli if you want him going forward. A smart man speaks. Leeds, on the other hand, yeah. I, so I watched them against Palace. I thought they looked quite blunt, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think a little bit worried going forward. Um, I've got Jack Harrison, of course. And I think that come game week 13-odd, game week 14, I might be getting him out. He'll be in there for game week 12. He's probably going to get benched for me this weekend. I still don't think I trust any of their attacking players enough to to really bump him up my watch list at the moment. No. Um, uh, United-Newcastle. Uh, Anthony Martial, man. He's it's just when people are like, yeah, this is it. Like United are crying out for a striker. He's he's in. He's the right price. He's the right man at the right time. He's in good form. I'm livid. Goes and gets injured. I said he would score against the Everton side. <laughs> he got himself an assist. Yeah. But and then got no. cropped. And you're not going to see him now for the next six years again. And he was my roll the spice pick. And it was quite a good roll the spice pick until he went and got himself cropped. I thought we were good against Everton. Rashford should have scored. Like the goal that Rashford did score should have stood. I agree. Uh, and and. For me, I'm not complaining because Rashford's one that you talked me out of owning at the start of the season. It's arguably been one of United's player of the season from a fancy perspective. Yeah, he's, he's been good the last few weeks, especially. So, uh, Anthony, talk to me because well, his price has gone up. He's just gone up to 7.6. Yeah, and he's now owned by 8% of the game. His stats against Ajax didn't suggest he'd be as prolific as he has been. Three mm. goals in his first three Premier League games, one in every single game. You know, I wonder if it will drop off, whether this is just an, an excellent start. I think he looks well up for it. I think it. he's the first United player to have ever scored in, in every single one of his first three games. He does look up for it. Yeah, he looks great. He's a, he's a confident lad. I wouldn't get him in for Newcastle. I mean, also just because Newcastle have been so great. Um, and I think they are, you know, limiting teams to the amount of chances they get. I think this will probably be a low scoring one. I could see a one all. Yeah, I can see that. I can also see Newcastle nicking it. Yeah, me too. Because, me um, too. And, you know, that's... Um, for you, it's probably the 
United sporting pessimism for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, Newcastle look tidy. They destroyed they, Brentford. They did, and, but they destroyed them at a canter. Well, and, and also, you know, they they probably are going to finish seventh or eighth this year. And you, if looking at the price points of their players, yeah. you would say that they have been undervalued. Yeah. So in fantasy terms, you know, getting some of them in seemed to be a must-haves. I mean, I mean, Miguel Almiron, who was one of my role spice picks a couple of weeks ago, he's just been mm. um, phenomenal. Yeah. And for 5.1 mil as a main starter in that Newcastle mm. front three, I mean, if, if, if you don't have to fix other areas of your team and you've got a week to spare, you've got to get him in. Yeah, he's looking really good. The other midfield chow and... and I, I would be more hesitant to consider him, but he had an excellent game against Brentford and um, the headline writers of the world have, have flocked to, to what he did. Um, Bruno Gimaraes. Yeah, a couple of goals. Uh, yeah. Finally rewarding FPL managers who got him in at the start of the year because he hasn't turned up in an attacking no. sense for FPL he's managers yet. He's but, he, but, he, but, he, but he's still been great. I think this would be a really great game and it's a shame it's not on TV. Did you see uh, what Callum Wilson said midweek about the Golden Boot? Yeah, this should be an award for second. Yeah, and, and it was yeah. really amusing. He said, oh, well, you know, give it to give Golden Boot to Holland already, but that should be some sort of reward for the runner-up. And somebody underneath said... Well, it's not going to be you, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> and they're right. Yeah. I just re- really uh, admired the confidence yeah. from old Callum. There. Um, Southampton, West Ham. Yeah. Um, it's sort of an expected loss against Man City for Southampton. You didn't really think there was going to be too much else that was going to happen. Mm. 4-0, uh, arguably kind. Um, they, they have to be better against West Ham, but West Ham are starting to becoming a threat mm. uh, in an attacking vein. Gianluca Scamacca has been... Scamacca! You know, earlier I said to you that Eberichi Etze was my third choice for the, my role the Spice mm. this week. My second choice was old Jan. I also considered Schumacher. I would, the only reason why he didn't go for him is because I've seen a lot of FPL accounts go for him so I'm sort of thinking is he quite spicy but he's still only over 1.7% of the game so maybe he is in in terms of chances I mean like Christ there was apparently one chance of the game he absolutely should have put away and then well he was getting lots of chances and I think what was good is that even though he wasn't uh, incredibly prolific his movement and his positioning suggests that um, he's going to continue to get those chances and I think that for West Ham other players like your Bowens like your Piquettas Mm. um, you know they now actually have someone in the box who you know they've got someone to aim for and I think he is a better option than Antonio moving forward Jared Bowen's looking good yeah Jared Bowen's looking good he's one that it should be in the conversation along with Zahar and and Madison and that lot I'm, I think um, Bowen is maybe flying a little under the radar because of the emergence of other options but Agreed. Bowen is looking and, and because of how poor West Ham have been this season and yeah. how overpriced Bowen started Liverpool City this is the big one yeah. this is the big one this is the big headline clash of the weekend, and it's at 4.30 on Saturday. Yeah, no, it's Sunday. Sunday. I don't know my days of the week. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it is the pinnacle of the week. It is the, the final game, and it's going to be really interesting. Liverpool just appear to have lost that hunger at the moment. Yeah. I, I just, they don't seem... You know, Klopp obviously has been known for gegging pressing and has been known for, you know, a really aggressive forward-thinking approach. And Liverpool just don't, don't look like they can carry it out yeah. right now. But it's, it seems to be this big old existential wobble because when other teams have a bad patch, mm. they they don't suffer in the same way that Liverpool are now where it's it's about identity. Yes. I said to you last week, didn't I, about how in Pep Linder's book he says our identity is our intensity. Well, what are they now that the intensity is not there? You look at the way that Klopp has tried to address it in terms of his team selection and his setup. And how that translates into a fancy sense, and it's it's not really helped us on the on the FPL side either, because he's gone from a midfield three where you'd have Fabinho dropping back and having two advance. He's inverted the pyramid, and yeah. he's he's got the the two at the back. And I think it was uh, Henderson who someone said looked like a competition winner, and like, Tiago, and Tiago, who are not defensive players, no. right? But uh, no, Liverpool for me. I've, I've avoided bashing Trent too much up until now because he's not been in my team. I know he's in yours and now he's an injury note as well. But Liverpool always, like when they were doing well, you can afford to have a player like Trent who is has always been defensively suspect, but he usually gives you more than you get back in terms of 
trouble. Well, yeah, and you know he was taken off at half time with an injury. Um, and but part of it you wonder is also because of the fact that he, he just he was struggling. Um, and with Diaz out, with Matip out, well, that's it. So Diaz also went off injured. Matip also went off injured. I mean, it just you know incredible the fact yeah. that he lost I mean, essentially three players in that game, and Robertson's still not there either. They just I, I'm starting to think is it a bridge too far? Are they gonna like? I mean, I still expect them to recover to a point where they're in the top five. Yeah. Astonishingly, only 4% of the game still owned Firmino, by the way. I, I know, and he's been brilliant. And, and his goal was so well taken. that keeps on giving from a Roll the Spice perspective. Too, well, so. he, he, he's done now. He, he didn't score me any points this oh, week. Okay. He's, yeah. he's out of the way. But yeah, I mean, he's easily been the best, like the, the highest scoring Roll the Spice. But otherwise, I mean, Liverpool, I mean, for me, if I'm, if I'm thinking captaincy choices, because we haven't really spoken about captaincy choices yet. Yeah. But for me, in the absence of any other like major picks, it's got to be Haaland again, because... It's just purely for the scientific reason in my own head, what is Erling Haaland, who was benched tonight in the Champions League, what is a fresh and fit Erling Haaland going to do to that ramshackle, battered, underconfident I completely Liverpool defence? It's going to kill them. Yeah, I, I think you're so right. And also, I think that we are devoid of a, a real presentable yeah. um, alternative right now either. Well, so I think, that, I think you can't go any... In my own team, I've got Son against Everton at home. But then we've spoken about how Everton are such a good defensive prospect they are at the moment, unexpectedly. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, it's slim pickings. I don't want to captain either of my Fulham lads against Bournemouth. No. And um, and I'm not going to be so out there as to uh, captain a defender. So, Can I, it's going to have to be you... all in. Are you considering any of Liverpool's attacking assets uh, like Nunez or Jota over the next few weeks? Because mm. they have that game in game week 12 against West Ham. Mm. And then following that, they're away to Nottingham Forest. The thought has only entered my mind now that you've mentioned it on this podcast because the answer was no. So I mean, I, for me, I think Nunez and Jota, it could be a shout if you're getting rid of someone. Nunez like is looking all right. He, he, he is. He's sort of started to warm up. But, all Firmino, all Firmino. Yeah, I think if it was any of them now, mate, it's got to be Firmino. But then again, like I think the price puts me off. Would you be taking City assets out this week in terms well, of their blank? here's the thing, because in terms of game week 12 planning, I've looked at where the holes are in my team and I've got all three City assets in the form of Cancelo, De Bruyne, Haaland yeah. and also Martinelli, right? So four blanking. I think of the ones to make way there, the only one I'm really tempted to move on is De Bruyne. I would, that would be the one I'd be tempted because, by. Because well, um, yeah. I think um, Holland's essential. Cancelo is the more valuable pick between De Bruyne and him for me. Uh, Martinelli, I don't want to lose the value on. I think De Bruyne is quite an easy swap to one of the 8 million bracket players who are doing well. Yeah. Or, like you said earlier, going even more budget and then bumping either Mitric or Tony back up to either a Jesus or, Christ, if I do some actual mathematical wizardry, I might even be able to squeak in Kane again. I think Almiron would be... If, if, I mean, Almiron at 5 million, 5.1, is insane value. Yeah. And uh, I've got another spicy pick of a similar value who, uh, if you, uh, I don't know, slip into a coma between now and the uh, transfer deadline and you you fancy just doing something to like spice up your life, yeah. Um, yeah, stay tuned for that because I think Finn's going to bash me over the head with a, a wine bottle. Well, I, I'm I'm quite excited. I think we've covered Liverpool City um, then, and we we've, we've finished the fixtures. So why not? Let's go on to it. Prepare yeah. that wine bottle, baby. Remember about oh I don't know half an hour ago when I was really having a go at Bournemouth and saying oh they're shit I'm not going to get in any of their assets. You've not gone for one on Roll the Spice. My Roll the Spice you just told asset everyone, for this Jacob, week. That you're not going to consider any well, of their no, assets. Well no, if they stayed on listening, I'm not going to consider transferring them in myself because I'm a coward, obviously. <laughs> but for Roll the Spice because I've got nothing to fucking lose. You've seen that spreadsheet and so have I. I'm well behind. Don't, Thanks, Bobby. For don't say you're going Dominic Salang. I am going. Phil Bill, Philip Billing. Oh, I think that's a dreadful. What do you mean? He's in amongst the goals. <laughs> he has. He scored three and, and four. Also, it's a fluke. I'm finally playing to the tune of your flute, and I'm looking <laughs> ahead to the fixtures that Bournemouth have got. And Bournemouth's fixtures are excellent. Well, yeah, that that is the one thing I would I would say. You, I think you're. They've got excellent fixtures in the next five, yeah. which is conveniently how off how long Billing has got to score for me in this shitty, silly segment. But why do you hate on. the five games? The reason I dislike it, Finn, is because you only said that the five games was a requirement three weeks in, yeah, and but, it was working fine. No, You've but, confused the listener. But, if you confused me. 
you've certainly confused but, the but, listeners. But, but my point is, Jacob, is that you don't get one player in for one week. It doesn't make any sense. Well, no, but it's it's, it's meant to be like a one-week differential to speak your No mates. one gets a single punt, though. But you don't well, get not in the real week. world, Finn, but in Fancy Roll the Spice Land. That's why I've given it a more real-world application to oh, people can actually have a look at some of these. You've made assets. an exciting feature boring. You've made a fucking <laughs> spreadsheet, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It's the sort of like feature that would only re- appeal to I don't know like retired bankers like my granddad yeah. who's, who's listening. Hello, Colin. You, you, listening. I think I think Jacob, you're upset because you're losing and you're losing badly. Well, I'm losing yeah, what, badly what, what, in a what? game which is like fluid and tangential and structured. <laughs> what I would say is, you've known it since game week three. And you haven't had anyone, any any one of no, your assets, no, none of your assets, because up until have now, in a single month, up until now, and the assist until... error assist was your last point yeah, score from any know, of your I know, assets. I know, I know, but honestly, Finn. I've been demotivated. I've not been That's trying. Bad. I've not been trying because I know I've got nothing to lose. And, and also, it's, it's, the, it's the way that, like, you know, when you feel like you're being swallowed by the system, you know, your head drops. Yeah, it's no, like you, quiet you, quitting. Like, that is true. When you are losing, you do throw your toys out of the pram. That is a historical thing we've had with it. It's Mario Kart, whether it's FIFA, whether it's fucking... Uh, football um, manager. What, Euro, um, Euro fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but look, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Finn, I think with this is also kind of the championship eye test featuring into my Phil Bill pick because yeah he yeah, um, said- well no I'm not a fan of him as a defensive mid but okay. he's inexplicably one of these defensive mids that seems to score like fucking like the Marouane Fellaini like, of- genuinely yeah genuinely he's um. And I think he's he's floating around the Miguel Almiron price point. So if you have some strange don't vendetta against the Almiron, Almiron. Well, if you yeah. have, but if, if I don't know, if if some member of the Almiron clan has wronged you or your family, <laughs> and you're like, well, I would get an Almiron, but you know, for for personal reasons, I can't get in Philip Billing instead. For me, I think, and I could be completely wrong. I've I've seen a little bit. I haven't seen any full games. I think the I think it's I, I I believe currently that this billing scoring run is a bit of a fluke. No, I, I, undoubtedly. But at the same time, gambler's fallacy. It's going well for him at the moment. Who am I to bet against him? Uh, fair enough. Um, you're going to be um, bashing me over the head with a wine bottle now on my roller spice because <sighs> you've actually gone for a good player. Um, yes, and it's the player that you picked for your surprise package of the season. It's your Reading lad. Oh, I'm going to be having his points used against you. I've wrestled him out. I'm picking Michael Elise. Oh, he's going to twist the knife once again. It's just going to be. It's going to feel like the day he left all over again. <laughs> By the way, for those of you at home who are not Reading fans, one of the worst transfer deals in Reading history was selling our starlet Michael Elise to Palace for eight million, which was about. 10 million less than he was actually worth at the time due to some shitty release clause that we'd inserted in his in his contract. Just an absolute disaster. You're so right. He's worth so much more. But um, I mean, yeah, as far as fancy football's concerned, I mean, if he if he does keep on playing in that Palace team, I mean, it, I mean, when I said it was going to be my breakthrough of the season, I really meant it. I think I think I think you're bang on. And I, I just thought he looked so brilliant against Leeds that he just seemed like a you know at 5.4, 0.2% owned. Uh, away to Leicester, home to Wolves, away to Everton, home to Southampton, and then away to West Ham. They're decent run of fixtures. I think Palace look great in an attacking sense, and not many people have a Lise. People like me have backed Zaha. I think Etse is probably the second choice for people, mm. but I think that the, the, the third element in that triumvirate, should he start, yeah. you know, which I, I think he should. Uh, I think he could have a, a really good few. I years. reckon you, it's it's going to be. Well, they have used your rationale. Yeah, um, but at the same time, originality's dead, and you know when it when it when it comes to doing well in life, you've just got to. It's, it's not about coming up with a, a good original ideas. It's about stealing ideas that are better than your own. Jacob, hello. Is there ever going to be a point that you're not going to complain about the role of spice? Points? No, I reckon it's going to be. Do you think be... if you start winning, you'll 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 no, it's going to be game week 38. We will have run out of sensible <laughs> spice options because we will be down to, like, I don't know, the the Bernardo Silvers of the world and, like, That's actual spicy. Well, no, indeed, but we're going to run out. Our yeah, spice reserves true, will true. run dry. But up until the point that they do run dry and there's a there's a rush on paprika <laughs> or garam masala or whatever else, I'm going to moan all the way because it's the one part of the show when I actually get to say what I think here. Jacob, 
What's your transfer plans? I am rolling the transfer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I can't identify any, but I mean, there are parts of my team that I'd like to upgrade on, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd like to still do something with Bailey, but for me, the way that my money is invested at the moment, and I wish I'd done a better job of structuring my, my money on the wildcard, because I've got like two half premiums in my midfield in, well... Son is a premium and De Bruyne is a premium so what am I talking about <laughs> but the way that my money is at the moment I can't really I feel like I'm treading water making one transfer every week and I've done it for the last few and it's been really uncomfortable yeah. so this week I'm just swallowing it being boring starting Pereira I'm fairly happy with the rest of my team there's nobody that I'm looking at thinking oh god they're a must own for this week just Bailey and Mitrovic aren't fit well then I'm stuffed mate but um, <laughs> well no Bailey's not starting for me full stop if Mitrovic isn't fit, then Bailey's coming in and, you know, what? Why wouldn't you make... Okay, so right, have, have, have you not, got a transfer plan yes, for Amy 12? Yes, that's okay. what I should have said. So it, it is more valuable for me yeah. to have two transfers for game week 12 than it is to use one of them now and one of them later. Okay. It's, it's more valuable for me in the long run with what I want to do with getting rid of De Bruyne. Because I've, okay. I've accepted that I am probably not going to have a full playing team for game week 12. That's fine. Okay. It's all right. I mean, I think... With the players I've got, but I'm, you're, you're I'm willing to go have like a game. nine or ten games yes. twelve with the two yeah. transfers. I'm, I'm I'm probably going to be a player down, maximum two players down. But I'm fairly fairly confident in rolling the transfer this week. I think um, it it makes more sense to me than bringing on uh, bringing in a subpar asset okay. yeah. and and sort of making my life difficult for the week after. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think that makes sense. I do, I do get that. I, I but also, I'm not happy with my team. I also considered rolling the transfer. Mm. And I may have rolled the transfer had Trent not crocked himself. Because I, I think that um, I have to get... Well, I I say I have to get him out. He's out. He's gone. I've made the transfer. Benito. He is, he is dead. I, I thought he's going to go down in value. And I was pretty certain yeah. who I wanted to get in. Okay. Any idea who I've got in for... Trying to think who you for, haven't got. For, 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 again, I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's a real... It's a budget chow. Oh, really? It's, it's well under... Well, oh. I said well under. It's under the five million. Give mark. me a team. Will it give it away? Um, maybe. Come on, give me a team. Brighton. Oh. So I'm going to stop you starting Sanchez and go. I'm going to be starting another Brighton defender against Brentford away. Interesting. And that was also on top of what I mentioned earlier on about how they've got Forrest coming up, is that I back them to get a clean sheet or two over these next two games. And it, if I've doubled up on them, then... It's know. their uh, speedy uh, left wing back, isn't it? It is. It's Purvis Estepina. Yes, and it's all Purvis. You're being Purvis. You're being Purvis. Oh, that's nice. Because he was one that I've had on my watch this for a little while. I like yeah. him. Yeah. He, he's Sensible. not playing full 90s at the moment. It's the only problem. Mm. Um, and they have got two games coming up over you know the next week or so so I'm, I'm hoping that he'll he'll play at, you know at least 60 minutes in both of them but I kind of think that it um it makes sense certainly against uh, Nottingham Forest what are you um, thinking of doing with your uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold money so I've now got 3.6 million in the bank um and I think I'll probably end up taking a minus four hit in game week 12 mm -hmm. because Trent got crocked, I would have had to gun into game week 12 with only the 10 playing had I just made, if I, if I just made the one transfer next week. My plan is to make the two transfers uh, and go um, Jesus to Kane, mm. um, which against United could be a bit of a risk, but he, he does seem to score against us a lot. Um, and then probably getting Emerson Royale out as well because he's also suspended. Yeah. And um, my bold transfer plan at the moment is to go Emerson Royale to oh. Adam Webster. Oh, I thought we were going to say Philip Billing. No, I am potentially going triple Brighton defence against Nottingham Forest. And Someone's a fan off, of Deserby. Well, if it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, I am F-U-C-K-E-D. Brighton are one of those teams that everyone seems to accidentally triple up on every year. So uh, kudos to you for doing it early doors this season. Hopefully it works out. Jacob, we're going to have to work out a recording pattern for um, the it's next week. Carnage. I'm working a lot and you're going to be doing your BBC yeah, Radio Park show I'm here, Monday. there, I'm blooming everywhere. Um, but we'll, we'll work it out. Even if I have to see you in the virtual realm or the phys physical realm or the spiritual realm, <laughs> we might astrally project ourselves there. Yeah, we, we've joined Chelsea. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it has been a moderate pleasure as ever and I'm looking forward to getting behind the mic with you again soon. Me too. Happy game weeks, everyone. Yeah. And uh, we'll chat to you anon. Goodbye. Goodbye and good night. <laughs>